Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People v. Schneider, decided on June 3, 2021. DeFiore, Chief Judge. The issue raised on defendant's appeal is whether a Kings County Supreme Court justice had jurisdiction to issue eavesdropping warrants for defendant's cell phones, which were not physically present in New York, for the purpose of gathering evidence in an investigation of enterprise corruption and gambling offenses committed in Kings County. To resolve defendant's jurisdictional challenge, we must decide whether the eavesdropping warrants were executed in Kings County within the meaning of Criminal Procedure Law Section 700.054. We hold that eavesdropping warrants are executed in the geographical jurisdiction where the communications are intentionally intercepted by authorized law enforcement officers within the meaning of CPL Article 700. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. 1. Law enforcement officers in Kings County conducted a two-year investigation into an illegal gambling enterprise. In the early stages of the investigation, an undercover agent met with defendant's accomplice, PD, and placed bets at a location in Kings County. A variety of investigative tools were used to identify co-conspirators and gather evidence, including physical surveillance and the installation of a bugging device and video surveillance at the Kings County location. Investigators obtained eavesdropping warrants on the cell phones of multiple targets, including targets physically present in New York. Defendants' participation in the illegal gambling enterprise was uncovered when his telephonic communications were intercepted pursuant to a warrant authorizing eavesdropping on the cell phone of PD, who regularly came to Kings County in furtherance of the gambling enterprise. In the intercepted calls, Defendant and PD were overheard discussing password-protected internet accounts on sports gambling websites, through which defendant controlled the usernames, passwords, betting limits, gambling lines and spreads for all his gambling clients. The Kings County District Attorney applied for 11 successive eavesdropping warrants to intercept communications on three cell phones linked to defendant, at least two of which did not have subscriber information but were connected to defendant by voice identification. A Kings County Supreme Court justice issued the warrants after finding probable cause to believe that defendant was engaging in designated gambling offenses in Kings County, mainly through his website theuadrespot.com and that normal investigative procedures, reasonably appear to be unlikely to succeed, justifying the use of eavesdropping. The warrants, as provided by statute, directed the particular communications service providers that controlled and operated the telephone wires and other digital and computer systems that transferred the telephonic and electronic communications to provide all information, facilities, and technical assistance to law enforcement to execute the warrants in Kings County. Defendant was subsequently indicted in Kings County, along with seven others, for enterprise corruption, promoting gambling and related crimes. Among other acts attributed to defendant, the indictment alleged that on 17 specific dates between September 13, 2015 and January 3, 2016, in Kings County, defendant and his accomplices received or accepted five or more legal sports wagers on each date through defendant's gambling website totaling more than $5,000 on each occasion. Defendant moved to suppress the evidence obtained pursuant to the warrants. 
he did not assert that the government interception of his communications violated his constitutional privacy interests. Nor did he dispute that the charges were properly brought in Kings County based on the commission of designated crimes in that location. Instead, as relevant here, defendant claimed that the Kings County Supreme Court Justice lacked the authority to issue the eavesdropping warrants because defendant and his cell phones were not located in New York and his intercepted communications involved call participants who were not physically present in New York and therefore execution of the warrants did not occur in Kings County. He also claimed that the people violated his due process rights, the separate sovereign doctrine and other constitutional limitations because California law does not include gambling offenses as designated crimes for eavesdropping. The suppression court denied the motion, concluding that there was probable cause to believe that defendant committed the designated gambling crimes, CPL 700.058, in Kings County that the warrant was executed at a facility in Kings County where the communications were overheard and accessed by authorized law enforcement, and the warrants were properly issued by a justice in Kings County. The court further rejected defendants' claim that, under this approach, a judicial warrant allows law enforcement to reroute phone calls being made anywhere in the country to Kings County and thereby have nationwide jurisdiction. The court concluded that since the crimes were allegedly committed in Kings County, there was jurisdiction to prosecute the crimes and a sufficient nexus for the issuance of the eavesdropping warrants in that county. Defendant entered a guilty plea to all counts of the indictment against him. The appellate division affirmed the judgment, holding that the suppression court properly denied defendant's motion to suppress the eavesdropping evidence because CPL Article 700 authorized the Supreme Court Justice in Kings County to issue warrants that would be executed in that court's judicial district meaning where the communications would be intentionally overheard and recorded, quoting CPL 700.053a. The court also rejected defendants' claim that the warrants represented an unconstitutional extraterritorial application of New York state law. A judge of this court granted defendant leave to appeal. 2. There is no dispute here that law enforcement agents must obtain a judicial warrant to intercept real-time cell phone communications. Historically, the Fourth Amendment guarantee against unreasonable searches and seizures, U.S. Constament 4, focused on whether the government obtained information by physical intrusions on constitutionally protected areas, see Carpenter v. United States, Olmsted v. United States. However, over 50 years ago, it was established that the Fourth Amendment protects people, not places, which expanded the conception of the amendment to protect certain expectations of privacy. Carpenter, quoting Katz v. United States. Given the more modern appreciation that property rights are not the sole measure of Fourth Amendment violations, a person's right to privacy has become the paramount concern in assessing the reasonableness of government intrusions, especially as innovations in surveillance tools, have enhanced the government's capacity to encroach upon areas normally guarded from inquisitive eyes and courts must continue to secure the privacies of life against arbitrary power see also Katz, and Riley v. California. In New York, Article I, Section 12 of the New York State Constitution authorizes the issuance of eavesdropping warrants as a law enforcement investigative tool to overhear and intercept telephonic communications, provided that certain safeguards against unreasonable privacy invasions are met. In addition to tracking the language of the Fourth Amendment, People v. Weaver, Article I, Section 12, adopted in 1938, 
provides in relevant part that, the right of the people to be secure against unreasonable interception of telephone and telegraph communications shall not be violated, and ex party orders or warrants shall issue only upon oath or affirmation that there is reasonable ground to believe that evidence of crime may be thus obtained, and identifying the particular means of communication, and particularly describing the person or persons whose communications are to be intercepted and the purpose thereof. New York State's express constitutional privacy protections for telephonic communications predated the United States Supreme Court's recognition of the Fourth Amendment protection against eavesdropping, see Katz, 3 see also People v. Capilongo. Yet, our early statutory procedure for obtaining evidence by wiretap order was struck down as unconstitutional under the Fourth Amendment due to the absence of additional protections, given the gravity of the privacy invasion in overhearing the content of the communications, Seberga v. New York. In response to United States Supreme Court decisions in Katz and Berger, which invalidated government eavesdropping operations based on their failure to employ adequate privacy protections, see Capilongo. Congress enacted Title III of the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968, imposing upon the states minimum standards for electronic surveillance, Capilongo. States were permitted to adopt procedures and standards that were more restrictive than those imposed by federal law or to prohibit wiretapping completely. Soon after Title III was enacted, our state legislature enacted CPL Article 700, which sets forth the procedural mechanism for securing a court-ordered eavesdropping warrant, see Capilongo. In enacting Article 700, the state legislature sought to afford law enforcement greater flexibility in the employment of eavesdropping as an effective weapon against crime and, in particular, organized crime, where the obtaining of evidence for successful prosecutions is often extremely difficult, people v. Rab. Quoting Governor's Approval Mem, Bill Jacket, L. 1969. Complying with federal law, New York also gave effect to our strong public policy of protecting citizens against the insidiousness of electronic surveillance by requiring strict compliance with CPL Article 700, C. Capilongo. Issuance of the eavesdropping warrants based on demonstrated probable cause, which is not challenged here, satisfied the overarching constitutional privacy protections. Before discussing the relevant statutory language as to what constitutes the point of execution of the warrant for the purpose of jurisdiction under CPL 700.05, some context with regard to the geographical predicates to conduct eavesdropping investigations and issue eavesdropping warrants is instructive. As a first principle, the court's jurisdiction to issue eavesdropping warrants is not boundless but is limited by the rules of geographical jurisdiction set forth in our state constitution and CPL Article 20. Under our state constitution, a defendant generally has a right to be tried in the county where the crime was committed, see People v. Greenberg. A person may be prosecuted in a particular county where conduct occurred establishing an element of an offense or an attempt or a conspiracy to commit such offense, see CPL 20.401. Even where no conduct was committed within the county, a person may be prosecuted there under certain circumstances, such as where the result of an offense occurred within such county, CPL 20.402, see also CPL 20.603, causing the use of a computer service in one jurisdiction from another jurisdiction is deemed a use in both jurisdictions. 
Once the jurisdictional predicate to prosecute the crime in a particular county is established, as it was here, then, under CPL 700.101, a justice may issue an eavesdropping warrant, upon ex parte application of an applicant who is authorized by law to investigate, prosecute or participate in the prosecution of the particular designated offense which is the subject of the application. Because this was a county-based prosecution, CCPL 20.40, the prosecutor authorized to prosecute the designated crimes in that jurisdiction, the Kings County District Attorney, was the proper warrant applicant, CCPL 700.055. Turning next to the operative statutory language governing the manner and time of execution, CPL 700.351, provides that an eavesdropping, warrant, must be executed according to its terms by a law enforcement officer who is a member of the law enforcement agency authorized in the warrant to intercept the communications. The law enforcement officers here were competent to execute the warrants because they were authorized to investigate and arrest defendant in the jurisdiction where the interception occurred, CCPL 700.056. Notwithstanding the dissent's suggestion that defendant had no connection to New York, dissenting op. 8. The investigation and prosecution of defendant and his accomplices based on their participation in the gambling enterprise that operated in Kings County are not challenged and were jurisdictionally sound. See People v. D. Pasquale, see also People v. Carvajal. Despite the satisfaction of the jurisdictional and probable cause predicates in this case as mandated by our Constitution and CPL Articles 20 and 700, defendant challenges the jurisdiction of a Supreme Court justice presiding in Kings County to issue the eavesdropping warrants on the theory that the court acted extraterritorially. Specifically, defendant claims that the warrants were not executed in Kings County as required by CPL 700.054 because his cell phones were not physically located in New York and his communications occurred outside of New York. Resolution of this discrete challenge depends on the statutory interpretation of the word executed as used in CPL 700.054, a term that is not defined in CPL Article 700. CPL Article 700, which sets forth the procedural mechanism of securing a court-ordered eavesdropping warrant, and Penal Law Section 250.00, which contains definitions used in Article 700, provide the framework to determine where the warrants targeting defendants' communications were executed. When resolving a question of statutory interpretation, the primary consideration is to ascertain and give effect to the legislature's intent, see Matter of Marion T. The starting point in determining legislative intent is to give effect to the plain language of the statute itself the clearest indicator of legislative intent, id, quoting Mayevsky v. Broadalbin Perth sent. School dist. Additionally, when the language at issue is a component part of a larger statutory scheme, the language must be analyzed in context and the related provisions must be harmonized and rendered compatible. We are also governed by the principle that we must interpret a statute so as to avoid an unreasonable or absurd application of the law, People v. Garson. To begin, under CPL 700.054, any justice of the Supreme Court of the Judicial District in which the eavesdropping warrant is to be executed is authorized to issue an eavesdropping warrant. When Section 700.054, is read as an integrated whole and in a common-sense manner along with other sections of the CPL and correlative penal law definitions, 
The statute makes plain that a warrant is executed at the time when and at the location where a law enforcement officer intentionally records or overhears telephonic communications and accesses electronic communications targeted by the warrant. Contrary to defendant's theory, a plain reading of CPL Article 700 demonstrates that execution of a warrant depends on the action of authorized law enforcement officers vis-à-vis the communications and does not depend on the location of a target, the target's communication devices or the participants engaged in the call. Indeed, wiretapping occurs upon the intention overhearing or recording of telephonic, communication s and that statutory definition expressly excludes the actions of telecommunications providers in their normal operations, Penal Law Section 250.001. Eavesdropping contemplates the performance of specific acts by government actors in three ways wiretapping, mechanical overhearing of a conversation, or intercepting or accessing of an electronic communication, CCPL 700.05, 1. The judicial warrants here authorized interception of both telephonic and electronic communications. Telephonic communications, when intentionally overheard or recorded, by means of any instrument, device or equipment, are intercepted communications as are electronic communications that are intentionally intercepted and accessed, CPL 700.05, 3, Penal Law Section 250.00, 6. Given the inclusion of telephonic communications in the definition of intercepted communication, the dissent's view that the legislature inexplicably failed to authorize interception and wiretapping of telephonic communications occurring on cellular phones is meritless. Notably, under the dissent's rather absurd hypothesis, the government apparently could not eavesdrop on cellular communications even where a cell phone or call participant is located within New York's borders. Mirroring the federal definition of a wire communication, this state defines telephonic communication as any oral transfer made in whole or in part through the use of facilities for the transmission of communications by the aid of wire, cable or other like connection between the point of origin and the point of reception, including the use of such connection in a switching station. Penal Law Section 250.003 an oral transfer means a transfer containing the human voice at any point between and including the point of origin and the point of reception, Penal Law Section 250.004. In contrast, electronic communication includes the transfer of various signals and data transmitted by wire, Penal Law Section 250.005. Based on these definitions, Execution of the warrants occurs at the point where authorized law enforcement intentionally overhears or records the human voice contained in telephonic communications and intentionally accesses the transferred signals or data in the electronic communications. The legislative history accompanying substantive amendments made to CPL Article 700 and Penal Law Section 250.00 in 1988 demonstrates that the revisions were designed to keep pace with emerging technologies as well as to bring New York law into conformity with the then-existing federal law. Through the 1988 amendments, the legislature clearly intended to continue the availability of wiretapping to be accomplished by the overhearing of cellular and cordless telephonic communications, and to add the ability to capture communications involving various new forms of electronic communications. The statutory definitions of eavesdropping and wiretapping were revised at that time to distinguish the tapping of telephone and telegraph communications, the mechanical overhearing of conversations or discussion, 
and the interception of data transmission based on emerging electronic technologies. These amendments were enacted well after the Federal Communications Commission approved the use of cellular telephone services in 1981, acknowledging that law enforcement would require technical assistance in executing warrants involving modern modalities for both telephonic and electronic communication. The legislature's 1988 amendments authorized courts to direct that providers of wire or electronic communication services furnish the applicant with necessary assistance to accomplish unobtrusive interception, which was codified in CPL 700.309. To be sure, the rerouting of cell phone communications by third-party service providers to the point of execution by authorized law enforcement officers enables interception as authorized by the warrant to occur but is not itself the court-ordered interception. Federal and state statutes expressly recognize that telephonic communications are oral transfers, in part, and are controlled by service providers between two points, see for example Penal Law Section 250.003. Anticipating the use of emerging technologies in the commission of crime, both federal and state statutes have recognized for decades the necessity of third-party communications carriers to facilitate court-ordered interception through switching technology that enables the rerouting of calls. To that end, in 1994, Congress enacted the Communications Assistance for Law Enforcement Act, CALIA, to preserve the government's ability, pursuant to court order, to intercept communications involving technologies such as digital and wireless transmission modes. CUS Telecom Association VFCC. Most significantly, the Act did not alter the existing legal framework for obtaining wiretap authorization, as Calia was intended to preserve the status quo. Similarly, in New York, pursuant to CPL 700.309, an eavesdropping order may direct communications service providers to furnish the applicant information, facilities, or technical assistance necessary to accomplish the interception unobtrusively and with a minimum of interference to the service customer. Contrary to the dissent's conclusion, private communication carriers do not execute the warrant. Indeed, our state statute mandates that the court shall not direct the service providers to perform the intercept or use the premises of the service provider for such activity. CPL 700.309. Plainly, under CALIA and CPL 700.309, an order directing the telecommunications carrier, which alone controls the transfer of communications, to provide technical assistance to investigators is not the equivalent of an interception, rather, these statutes anticipate the rerouting of digital communications by third parties employing their up-to-date technology as a preparatory step to effectuate the execution of eavesdropping warrants by government agents. When read in the context of this legislative history, the statutory scheme supports our holding, the Kings County Supreme Court Justice presiding in the jurisdiction where defendants' communications were overheard and accessed and therefore intercepted by authorized law enforcement agents had the authority to issue the warrants. No language in the statutory scheme equates the place of interception with the variable points where cell phones or call participants are located. Defendant nonetheless claims that a Kings County Supreme Court justice's authority to grant eavesdropping warrants is, at best, limited to anywhere in the state, citing CPL 700.05, 
4s definition of a justice who may issue a warrant to authorize the interception of oral communications occurring in a vehicle or wire communications occurring over a telephone located in a vehicle. However, that part of CPL 700.054 has no application to this case. CPL 700.054 mandates that when interception of communications in a vehicle or over a telephone located in a vehicle is to be made through a listening device that is installed or connected in the vehicle, the eavesdropping warrant may be executed and such communications may be intercepted anywhere in the state. Under this section, it is only when communications occurring in a vehicle are intercepted by an eavesdropping device that physically moves out of New York along with a vehicle that the justice is without authority to order extraterritorial interception, see Peter Pricer. That portion of section 700.054 does not relate to the place of execution of a warrant involving the rerouting of communications of a cell phone to a fixed wire room nor does it conflict with our conclusion that jurisdiction in this case is tied to the place of authorized call interception. No devices were physically connected or implanted in a phone or vehicle in this case and no physical listening device employed by the law enforcement officers traveled outside Kings County. Thus, the vehicle-related language of CPL 700.054 is an opposite to the resolution of this appeal. 3. Because the New York eavesdropping statute was intended to conform state standards for court-authorized eavesdropping warrants with federal standards, People v. McGrath, federal court decisions interpreting the federal eavesdropping statute are useful as an aid in interpreting provisions of the New York statute that are patterned after the federal counterpart. However, as we explained in People v. Galena, when the language of our state statute differs from the federal statute, the distinction is considered purposeful and the plain language of CPL Article 700 controls. The jurisdiction of federal courts to issue eavesdropping warrants is defined in 18 U.S.C. Section 2518. The federal statute like our state statute authorizes federal judges of competent jurisdiction to issue such an order authorizing or approving interception of wire, oral, or electronic communications within the territorial jurisdiction of the court in which the judge is sitting. 18 U.S.C. Section 2518, 1. Beginning with United States v. Rodriguez, every federal circuit court interpreting the language of Section 2518, 1, has endorsed the listening post rule, which focuses on the point of interception in analyzing the court's jurisdiction to issue such warrants, see United States v. Jackson. In Rodriguez, the Second Circuit concluded that interception occurred at both the site of the target phone in New Jersey and at the place where the redirected contents were first heard in the Southern District of New York. The Rodriguez court thus employed the listening post rule in holding that a warrant for such interception was properly issued by a judge of the Southern District of New York because the communications were overheard at a location within the territorial jurisdiction of that court. The Second Circuit concluded that the listening post rule served the key goal of the eavesdropping statute, which was to protect constitutional privacy interests from law enforcement abuse while providing technological tools to advance designated criminal investigations when normal investigative procedures are insufficient. Other high courts have also followed the federal listening post rule, concluding that, under their respective state statutes modeled upon Title III, the location of cell phones or call recipients does not drive the analysis, and execution of a warrant occurs at the place of interception, 
even where both parties to the calls or communications are not within the state, see for example State v. 8, see also Davis v. State. Because both the federal and state statutes link a court's jurisdiction to issue warrants to the point of interception, the decisions of federal and state courts interpreting their similar statutory provisions support our conclusion here. Given the ubiquity of cell phones and widespread use of the Internet, this interpretation of our statutory scheme, one in line with the federal listening post rule, reaffirms that eavesdropping warrants are a critical tool in investigating large-scale crime syndicates operating in our state. Defendants' multiple plant theory, pursuant to which a court's authority to issue a warrant is dependent upon the location of targeted cell phones or call participants, is not workable. Nor does defendants' proposal for interagency cooperation provide a solution. Linking jurisdiction to the undetectable locations of cell phones and creating dependence on outside law enforcement agencies to investigate and prosecute very serious crimes committed in this state is unreasonable. It would result in a logistical scheme that leaves jurisdiction in flux, creates multi-state wire rooms with diffuse oversight responsibility and in many cases would eliminate eavesdropping as an investigative tool. More importantly, Centralized oversight by a single issuing court of competent jurisdiction over the eavesdropping investigation of designated New York crimes is critical to protect against abuses in the invasion of an individual's privacy in the communications, the paramount constitutional concern, and to ensure that any interception is necessary, properly minimized, and promptly terminated in accordance with constitutional safeguards, see People v. Rodriguez e Paz. That crucial oversight is impossible under defendants' proposed construct, which was certainly not the legislature's intent in carefully designing this state's eavesdropping statutes. Defendants' remaining claims that the warrants at issue violated his constitutional rights as a California resident, the separate sovereignty doctrine and other constitutional rights of the state of California are without merit. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Order affirmed. Opinion by Chief Judge Di Fiore. Judges Stein, Fahey and Garcia concur. Decided on June 3, 2021. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.